Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of the things that I knew was going to be like the thing that maybe held me back from getting jobs would be my voice because ever since I was younger, it was like one of the things that gave me away as a gay man. I went to dialect coach to try and bring it down to sound more masculine. But during in that time, I was so angry that this is what I was having to do and that no one else was going to have to do this work. It was just me and like the very like who I am was what was holding me back. I don't think you have to change who you are. I think if you have a certain part, you maybe would be doing some of that. But Mm. really, it's about embracing yourself. You don't have to be. There's always a spot for someone when you're yourself. But as soon as you try to be someone else, it sucks. Welcome back. I'm here in the studio with Tony Durex and Xander Hodgson. And what interests me in Xander is his story and also uh, kind of to give the realities of moving to La La Land. And in the movies, they make it out to be this place that you're going to make it and your dreams will happen and life's going to change. And uh, I wanted to have a conversation about that. But first, make sure you download and subscribe to this podcast, Always Evolving. So click that subscribe button. But Xander. Yes. You are from England. Yes. Correct? I'm from a small countryside town in England called Shropshire. Not many people know of it because everyone always thinks of London in England. But yeah, my mom's Scottish. And I grew up in this countryside town, so LA is quite a different space. Than- <laughs> I got you. And when you grew up in that small town in England, did you have dreams of being a big actor? Yeah, um, I always was into like performing. I remember like being super into musicals as a kid growing up. And like watching Singing in the Rain and my mom put me in tap dancing classes and different dance classes. And then it kind of gradually went to more the acting realm. And that was where I stuck with (laughs) until now. And and, and when did you start really thinking to yourself, I need to get out to Los Angeles? Um, It was my granddad that put it in my head. Like, obviously, you hear, like, if you really want to make it, you go to Hollywood or you be in L.A. And by the way, Hollywood's a dump. <laughs> I know. When That's you the get irony. Here. The irony of Hollywood, the city, yeah. is it's a dump. Like, even the Hollywood sign is, like, 
guarded and gated and you can't really get to the sign because it's illegal so everyone takes a selfie within the background uh-huh. but hollywood itself is one of the more run down areas in los angeles in terms of what we would think is a nice area but that we'll yeah. get to that so your grandfather put in your head xander you need to make it and i imagine because you're a very attractive guy that you thought everyone said you, you have model looks and and you thought, hey, I'm I need to get out of this small town, and I need to figure out how to get to Hollywood. Yeah, like I'd been here a few times. So my granddad, he has U.S. citizenship, so that helped the whole situation. It wasn't like that hard to get me here to like live. Whereas some people, the whole visa situation and all that is like difficult. Um, so that was something that spurred me on. Um, and we'd been coming here as a family, like on and off, like five, every five years and meeting up with family over here. We have like cousins. So I knew that I had like a base and like an idea of what Hollywood was. And I knew that like the Americans love the British accent and like they treated me really special when I came. So I felt like a real special person. I was like, oh, this, this could be it. Like this could be the place. And at what age did you move here? I moved here when I was 23. Okay. Yeah. And so when you were packing up your luggage and you're thinking, I'm coming out to Hollywood, did you know a lot of people here? Did you have a place to live? Um, so when I moved here, my granddad came with me, my mom and my granddad's wife, they all came to like secure me like a space. And we ended up just deciding that I was going to stay with my cousins. And then I went and moved. They live in Santa Clarita. And then I moved to the Oakwood Apartments, which is also like where everyone moves. Or when everyone gets divorced in Hollywood, they also go to the Oakwood Apartments because they're all like fully furnished. Yeah, there's these apartment buildings in in Hollywood. There's some out by Disney and Burbank. Mm -hmm. And essentially they're built for people who are you know, acting or trying to make it in Hollywood or going to be out here for short periods of time. And so you moved to the Oakwood apartments. Yeah. Right by all the studios. I'm like, Oh, I'm like so close. So close. So close. So close, but yes, so far. Okay. And so, so now you're excited. You're 23 years old and talk to me about that first year, because are you Uh, thinking prior to that, you know, I have a shot at being the next Brad Pitt here. <laughs> no, because Brad Pitt was like straight. So it was like easy. He's okay. like hot, gorgeous, straight. I was like, people had given me some attention because of my looks, but like I was always like quite obviously gay. And so like that was going to be an issue for me with acting um, teachers, managers and all that kind of stuff coming out here. I knew that that was going to be like my thing Um, because I just when I moved here in 2013, there were like hardly any out actors. Like it's only really in like the last year or two that I feel like you're seeing TV shows like make really interesting characters like Mm -hmm. Euphoria where it's not even a discussion, like some people's sexuality or, um, whereas before it just seemed like the straight actors were playing all the gay roles anyway. So, so, but you had in your mind, okay, times are changing. So, yeah. so what happened? Did you first get an agent, a manager? I'm trying to get framework because a lot of people come to LA mm-hmm. 
And then what are your next steps? Came to LA, worked in Abercrombie and Fitch. Of course um, you did. Folding clothes. <laughs> you have the perfect look for Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> and that was like, I did that for a bit. And then um, I got a modeling agent and I was like, oh, well, maybe this will take me to the acting realm. No, there's not really a crossover there. Um, and so then. And had you modeled before? Yeah. Okay. I modeled in England. But you were like. Stuff. Maybe this will have a crossover. Yeah, because it was so close to Hollywood, I thought that everyone would have connections to that. But like the commercial modeling and acting in that realm is different to like theatrical modeling. Right. I mean, theatrical like acting and sure. stuff. Um, so it didn't really lead to that for me. Um, and then it took me a while to get an agent out here for acting. It, like, And I was going to acting school and that was like my bubble for a while and your family's kind of helping you during this period of time yeah, so you can afford to I live was here super lucky that they could help me um but that wasn't gonna last forever so um I was very aware of like okay so I have to get a job I have to get into acting school so then people know that I'm taking this serious and to also like make friends because that's how I'd made friends out in England as well that were like similar to me. Um, and then maybe that's going to take me to the agents. And yeah, it took me a while to get an agent just to build up the courage to actually feel like I can go into the agency and like I I have something to offer. Like it took me a while to build that up. Um, I think that was my manager that put me in to go and audition with the agent and that was where like things started to get serious because then I was actually sent out on real auditions. And talk and- to talk to me about real auditions. So <laughs> you're now going on a real audition, which um, I'm friends with, you know, quite a, a few people who are in, in the hustle of it. Right. Uh-huh. So you basically they give you lines. Yep. And you need to read the lines. Yeah. And you're in a line of other people who are also doing the lines. Yeah. So you get your lines like literally the night before um so it's like hard for someone that's a perfectionist that really wants to like put that all into it so you just have to kind of surrender to like the work that you've done that night and the morning of and then you go off to this studio where everything is filmed like just around the corner they could be filming like the next Tom Cruise movie or and it just feels so big like the buildings are so big. There's so many offices. There's so many people. Um, and then you're waiting in line and you like look around and you're like, oh, yeah, there's a few people with my hair cut here. <laughs> there's like, yeah, you see like your look. You're like, oh, OK, so they are going for a certain look. Right. Then. <laughs> um, or, and how would you feel when you would be in those lines? Um. Yeah, I would feel I was kind of used to with doing model castings and the cattle call type of thing where you turn up and there's so many and you're like, really, am I really going to get this job when I see like the top model over there? Like that's who I would give the job to because that's who I look up to. Um, So you would doubt yourself? Yeah, definitely. And it's hard in that moment to just focus on like what you're 
there to do the work that you've done and not to get in your head about it because that's all the stuff that's going to take you out of this moment with like the person in the room who's seeing a million people come in there that day. They want to know someone that can connect. What was what was uh, a casting that you remember where you left feeling like shit? Days of Our Lives. That was like the first. Um, that was my first audition. Um, so the worst audition you had was Days of Our Lives. Oh my god, there's been so many, but like that's just one that ca- so comes what to mind. Give me, give me the landscape. It's your first audition. <laughs> Um, I feel like my voice was just trembling the whole time because like, it's very hard to just settle and like, feel like just connected to the lines, to the, the thing, the work you've put in to the person. And it was just this, like what you're talking about, like seeing all the people that were coming in before me, just waiting for your name to be called. Uh, and I, re- I just feel like I've messed up all the lines. And she was so friendly with me, the casting director as well. She was like, you can do it again. We can go again. And she's like, that was great. But it's like, as, as you do this a few times, like the good casting directors are always going to say, that was great. Even if it was, <laughs> yeah, like, even if you're like, I'm not so sure that was great for me. And I'm pretty sure you've seen enough people to know that that wasn't still great. not going to tell you. But it's nice that they do that anyway. Um, but yeah, it was just messing up all the lines, even though it's not all about the lines. And I know that from all the acting classes and stuff, it's about like the connection and like mm-hmm. the energy and like, the lines you can learn them a million like they give you them the night before so it's not all about the lines it sounds yeah. scary yeah. Mean, oh, it sounds very mike have you ever done an audition have you ever auditioned for anything <clears throat> well i i would say the first intervention that i did i got turned down by the family so i wore at this company i worked for you had to wear a suit uh-huh. i was 25 years old i'd moved back to with my mom after rehab and I thought, you know, this, they were paying me $5,500 to do this intervention. That's what the, we charged back then. Uh-huh. And I had a script that I had to read with my papers. And it was a big Hollywood director and his family. And I was stumbling over my words. I was in my father's suit that didn't quite oh. fit me. I had my leather notepad. And the family asked for their money back. And they got their money back. And I didn't <gasps> do the intervention. But, you know, it takes time and time again. And over time, you reach the point for at least in my career where I know I'm good. So I'm okay if people don't want me. The difference with casting is you could think you're good, but if no one's casting you, Mm -hmm. then there's a problem because Mm -hmm. they're looking for something and you have to do some introspection and go, okay, well, like I'm in a results driven business in terms of like how I, I was getting people into treatment. Mm-hmm. Someone hires me for an intervention over 90% of the time I was getting their loved one to treatment and I was having a lot of long-term sobriety. Those were the results with casting. It's like you're one out of a hundred that, that day mm-hmm. in terms of who they're looking at. 
And I have to imagine it can really play into one's own self-esteem and insecurity because you have to keep going through it. You have to keep going through this process and you have to act like you're not bothered at all. Yeah. And to let it go. Like that was like the other thing. Anytime I always felt like a little bit nervous sharing with my family, any big auditions, because I knew that they would be asking me again and again. So did you hear anything? Right. Did you hear anything? And like, for me, I'd learn quite soon in to like, let it just go. Like as if it just let it die in the back of your mind. And then if it comes back, like if you get a call back, that's great. But what advice do you have for someone who wants to move to Los Angeles to become on television, an actor in Hollywood movies? What advice would you give them? Hmm. Make sure that it's something that you really love. Um, because the majority of the acting that you'll do is for auditions and not in like an actual role that you're being paid for. And the biggest role you've had <laughs> was a sex scene, right? We've seen it. We saw it. I saw it. We we saw it. it was, I saw it. Okay, so so and it was like a four second clip, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so so you've moved to Hollywood, and then the last this. I mean, it's if I'm. And I'm going to coach you and help you too. So yeah. this isn't like me sitting down with you going, ha, 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 in uh -huh. eight years, this is your big look. Uh -huh. But it, the irony behind it I know. is you want to be taken as like an actor with your performance. And, <laughs> and Who schools you in sex scenes as well? That was never anything that they taught me in acting yeah, and school. Never did you think you were going to have to surrender to that being your biggest look because your biggest look is in what what tv show was it it was ray donovan and i've actually done three sex scenes now i've done, okay, you've done so now you're getting all the sex scenes yes so it's really funny because i'm like is my agent just pitching me for the sex scenes or is it like a mark on my name now that i've done a sex scene that i can do like that? how do you even show your parents this sex scene on ray donovan did they see it yeah. You're in a bondage club. Yeah. Underground. Mm -hmm. And you're taking it up the booty. <laughs> <laughs> and that is your moment. And it is, I mean, it's, it's amazing that you got the opportunity, but you don't have the luxury of saying no either. Right. Yeah, of course. Did you like, have a moment where you're like, do I want to do this or not? Or you were like, fuck it. I'm doing this. Um, no, I was like, fuck it, I'm doing this. Because I'd also been in LA. Gosh, I don't know when, what what time it was that I got Ray Donovan. Um, but I'd been in LA for a while, not booking anything. And I also, I think I'd come out um, on social media um, at that point too. So I was just like, well, fuck it. If this is what people are going to see me as, maybe this is just my way in. And then I can present like some of the other stuff that I can do and I get to work with Lee Shriver. So I was like, okay, yeah. I got to ask, what was it like? <laughs> what was it like filming a sex scene? Oh God. So the sex scene, it was so surreal. This is before the Me Too movement as well. So like I've noticed a change from doing like three sex scenes now. Um, they didn't have an intimacy coordinator and like now they have intimacy coordinators before you do the scenes. And so they will just kind of choreograph what you're going to be doing and talk you through. They'll call you up the night or 
or a week before your scene and stuff. And they'll be like, think about what you're comfortable with. Think about what you're not comfortable with, where you want to be touched, where you don't want to be touched. And I will be the one to relay that to the other actor. Were you like, I don't care. Just get me in the scene already. (laughs) No, I was scared because in the, in the script, it didn't tell me how the sex was going to like go down. I just signed off that I'm okay to do full nudity. That's all I signed off to do. So I'm like, so I guess are they going to show like full frontal and like thing like I was just like, oh, my God. Okay, so the, the, the actual scene was about four seconds that they aired. How long were you there that day for those four seconds? Oh, the whole day. Yeah. From what time to what time? Um, From like 10 a.m. We filmed the actual scene, I think, at like 8 p.m. So, so like, from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. And can you share what the pay is like for something like that? It's not good. It's like $800 or something. Like even when you get booked on these roles, you think I'm going to make it. I'm going to have like enough money to pay the rent. Oh, that's not even enough money to pay the rent in L.A. No, that's not even enough money to like hardly pay for a car with car insurance Mm-mm. with gas. Mm-mm. Mike, would you do a sex scene if they offered you one? To be on television? No. I mean, for me, I mean, I shouldn't say no. Like, that. I mean, if it was like a comedy and it's kind of funny, but I'm not looking to like be an actor. I, I met it's I, on one hand, it's kind of, it's just interesting for Xander because it shows the challenges of trying to be in a career that you're extremely passionate about. And also to some degree, this isn't his fantasy role. Mm -hmm. This isn't the role on his bucket list of top 50. Well, the role was the role of a prostitute that looked like Marilyn Monroe. And so like, I could get down with that. I was like, okay, yeah, Yeah, I like that. You didn't get to act. Yeah, no, I I got to, I got like a little snippet with um, Lee Shriver before on Hollywood Boulevard. So that was like the thing that that I took away. So like I got to act on Hollywood Boulevard, like with a massive like light shining down on me and like people are walking by on Hollywood Boulevard. It's on a, a Friday night. So it's like the night that people are getting out of clubs and stuff. And so like that meant something to me. And I'd like looked up to... Um, people like River Phoenix and things like that and watched my own private Idaho and been attracted to like those kinds of roles because for me. Yeah, but you would want a role that has more depth and character and involvement and story. Like you don't, you're, you're (laughs) stealing the art of what you do Mm -hmm. essentially by having to surrender like very, like people I don't think realize that, very few actors get to choose. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole writers, there's producers, there's directors. And to really be able to be in your art and fully do what you want to do. Yeah. You get snippets. Yes. What's your dream acting role? Like, well, what would, like, what would be the ultimate role that you would love to play? Um, I like people that like do questionable things. Like the, like I loved the morning show, like how it showed that everyone's a little bit at fault here. So like something where someone's not all good, like, because I feel like people look at me and they think like, 
that I'm just a good, nice guy. And so like, that's easy to put me into that kind of role. But I think something like that would be more interesting to me mm. to play someone that does questionable things. So what, so you now, how are you making money? Okay. Like Through now. Instagram. But, but how much can you actually do just off Instagram? I mean, it's tough to make a living in LA. Yeah. On Instagram. Well, <clears throat> and you also sell penises. Like yes. art, artwork. <laughs> I'm not selling them yet. Okay. That could be my big break. <laughs> um, so I work in an art gallery. I'm an art consultant. So like I make commissions on art that I sell. Um, and then I also have been doing influencer work for a while now. And so, but like all of these are like uncertain kind of areas of so work. you're not you're not um saving money right now no okay and you're are you married yeah right? okay and is he in a similar position as you or yeah where he's not necessarily saving money either yeah okay and how long have you been in this spot of uh feeling like you're not saving have you ever been in a spot where you felt like you had a nice safety egg yeah only when i moved here and like my family were helping me you know Okay. Would you say that's the most stressful thing to you? To not have enough money or does your family still help you? No, no, they don't okay. help me. Yeah. It is a really stressful thing. Cause it's like, you see your bank balance going down and down and down and you're like, well, I'm the one that's in charge of like trying to get more money. And like, you see a lot of influences like going to the OnlyFans kind of thing and that being like an easy avenue to earn money. And I'm like, I don't really want to do that. Mm. OnlyFans being that suddenly you would be selling like naked mm -hmm. images or videos of yourself in order to make enough money to live here. Yeah, exactly. And how long have you had those thoughts? Like, oh, maybe I need to do that. Um maybe like the last year COVID the whole COVID thing definitely put a halt on the amount of money coming in and stuff. So. And, um, what do you, because are you, you're working commission based in terms of the gallery. So I imagine there's a ton of flexibility with auditions and that's why you chose it. Right. Yeah. Or is it a steady nine to five and you need to be there during certain hours? No, the gallery owner is like a friend of mine as well. So she understands that if I get an audition, then I have to go. Got type it. Of thing. And, and how many super... auditions are you going on these days? Um, I had one yesterday, but you're not, we aren't really going out. out yeah, or I'm not. Yeah. It's like you either do it on Zoom or you just do a self tape, which can be good in some ways. Like, does, does auditioning over Zoom, is it easier than auditioning in person? Like, are you not as nervous? I think I enjoy auditioning more in person. Oh. Because, yeah, behind a screen is hard. Behind a screen is hard to connect mm. as much. Yeah, you can't feel the energy, the vibe, yeah. anything. And you're also not getting high resolution, you know, images yeah, of and yourself then, for a tape where you have to worry about your camera and your lighting and your angles and background noise and uh, it's true. And yes, all that. So exactly. how often are you doing these zoom auditions? 
like maybe three times a month. Okay. Like it can be more or it can be less, but like three times a month. Three times a month. Mm -hmm. How much money do you want to be making a month to live in LA? Like 5,000 at least. Okay. And how far away are you from that? (sighs) Like a couple of thousand. Okay. So you're, you're really stretching yourself Mm -hmm. right now. And so the options in terms of making steady income, one options, only fans. What are some other options? There's not many because it's like, oh, I take on another job. That means that takes away from the time that I can put into Instagram, which also brings in money or put into acting, which is so like you have to drop everything. Um. Yeah, there's like selling my art that I could do. Um, <laughs> I'm like selling my art or selling my ass. <laughs> um, like there's not many. Have you been know. approached by people like, hey, I'll take care of you? Like sugar daddies? Yeah. 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 But that wouldn't work for me either because it's like, I don't know. I just, I never have wanted to really let myself go down that road, you know? But you're feeling lately like that road's getting tighter. Mm. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Which sucks. Yeah. Because you're struggling to figure out like, how do I just even like live normal Uh financially in LA? And not have to sell porn yes essentially like that's not what i came here for right and you know okay if i go do that thing only fans and people won't take me seriously as an actor yeah what are your thoughts tony i don't know i'm, I'm like almost uh, i'm in a, a really weird spot right now i feel like um i like completely understand like the situation that you're in uh, i think cuz um, I was in a bit of a situation like that about a year and a half ago. So it's, it's not easy. It's like, uh, it's a struggle. It's, it's, you're worrying. It's like the, the, the days are only, they're going by and by and by, and we're not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're trying to figure out what's the best route you can do without overstressing yourself. Like it's, 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 it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. I feel like it's, it's a struggle, but I think ultimately like I, I, I see exactly where you're coming from. And I feel like there's different avenues that maybe you can take as far as like, if you do want to be an actor, maybe you start putting out videos of you acting, mm-hmm. Like you don't need to audition. You don't need to wait for an audition to come to you Yeah, for an acting gig. Like why not act and make videos and post them and build an audience off of that mm-hmm. to where you don't have to count your days and, and wait for the next audition and then wait the next audition, like why not start making content? And that's kind of like what I've been doing is I've been pushing myself to make more videos to where if I don't, I've never, I've never auditioned in person for a, a role, mm-hmm. but for the day that I do want to audition, I want to at least not have the worry of, of not getting the role and not getting that paycheck. Yeah. It's weird. It's I, I, I see exactly, I know exactly the spot that you're in, mm-hmm. the exact spot. It just took me back to that place. Yeah, I, th- I think 
part of it is, and, and I was looking at your Instagram account too, and it it would be cool to see you acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it would be cool if you just did a character with your phone, not, you know, spend or even do a character that you auditioned for or make, do your own spin on it. Yeah. Or put your own flavor on it mm-hmm. and not strip away your fun and your art and your passion and put all of it into these auditions mm-hmm. because then all of your art is going into this thing. That's either rejection or acceptance. Yes. The odds are it's going to not be acceptance right off the bat. And that way you can still like work your acting muscle and you may attract people that want to collaborate or attract people that would want to do things. Cause um, I would say like right now I did notice on your Instagram, I was like, okay, what's this guy's deal? He's like, you know, it's like you and your husband, sexy model, mm-hmm. sexy photos, but I'm not sure how much that's going to lead you towards more money Yeah, per se. You know, I think if now it could, if you went the route of like OnlyFans and building up the audience that really wants to see you Mm -hmm. and see everything. Yeah. But if you're wanting to, to build up acting, you got to act, you know, and, and I'm not sure why you don't. It's difficult because I feel like now with TikTok as well, everyone's not really wanting to stick around for content that you have to take a lot of time to take in what's going on. Like if I post, I have posted videos for me acting, like it's not like completely alien to me. I've done that. I've like put up um, things that were not auditions and stuff as well. And like, I've had good responses from it. Um, But yeah, being here like it's hard to juggle everything like trying to earn the money to stay in our house like and pay our car and have a social circle and go to work and then drop everything for an audition and make um pictures and content that people are following me for but also to then put like the acting in there as well it's like it's hard yeah, to or, or the thing that could lead you towards more money because mm-hmm. you do have a platform you do have a lot of people following you on instagram mm-hmm. and social media and so part of it is figuring out okay well how do i leverage any of this towards money some could be brand deals and some could be opportunities mm-hmm. um and i think You know, you could literally, it's almost like, how do you not give up on your passion? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the fact that you, you want to be an actor, you should be on TikTok. I feel like there's uh, some people can take TikTok as just, are you on TikTok or no? Not really. You're not no. on TikTok. I noticed that. <laughs> I, I try to look for your TikTok to see what kind of videos you post, and you don't have a TikTok. Uh-huh. I highly recommend, regardless of whether you want to be. I mean, you want to be an actor. I feel like TikTok is a route that you should go. Not for you. I mean, you're not going to all of a sudden get bookings just because you're you're posting TikTok videos. But it's also in a way practice. 
I think TikTok is the best like way to practice as well. And it's just build your platform up to where you never know. You might walk into an audition and they might be like, holy crap, that's the guy that has so-and-so numbers on TikTok. Yeah. It's, it's just another avenue to like push you to be even better. And plus TikTok, it's not a lot of money, but you can start making money. Yeah. You know, like TikTok will also pay you. And if you get your numbers high enough, you can also get a brand deal off TikTok alone. And, and you have a voice that's important. Like if you talked about how there's not a lot of roles mm -hmm. for a gay man and that there is no gay Brad Pitt today mm -hmm. and you speak honestly, it's interesting. Yeah. And it's your truth. Yeah. And unless I sat down and spoke to you, I would never know you thought that. And that's actually helpful to understand. Yeah. But I wouldn't know otherwise because we're all so busy in our own lives and we don't take the time to go, oh, yeah, he's right. There is no gay Brad Pitt. I never thought about that. There isn't. There isn't. Yeah. But there should be by now. It's twenty. You would think there would be. Yeah. But, well, the Colton Haynes, he's like, like the biggest guy of my age range that has come out as gay. That's who I can think of. That's the only person What's I can his name? think of. Cotton Haynes. Cotton Haynes. Let me see. Do you know who it is? He was in American Horror Story. Um, he was in Teen Wolf and stuff like that. Gotcha. Well, what what can I help you with? <laughs> um. Um, yeah, managing finances, I guess, or like trying to earn more money without going into the sex industry. <laughs> yeah. But that's the truth for you, right? Yeah. How do you make more money without going into the sex industry while being in a career that for a long time it doesn't pay? Yeah. And then also like everyone, even friends are like, well, why don't you just do OnlyFans? And I'm like, well, you wouldn't say that to like someone else. You wouldn't say that to a therapist. You wouldn't say that to a lawyer. But there's something about the crossover from Instagram into OnlyFans that is like not such a blurry line for people or like. So they keep, keep on like saying, go for it. You should do it. You could earn a lot of money. And what does your husband think? He's not as like. He doesn't care as much about doing OnlyFans, like not doing OnlyFans as me. I would never recommend anybody to do to op open an OnlyFans account. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. I don't know. I I feel like that's call it what you want. I feel like that's not a friend. A friend who recommends you to to do OnlyFans, that's not a friend. I feel like there's different avenues. There's different ways you can go about making money, selling your body on a on a platform is not. I don't think it's the way to go for to each their own people make money the way they want. Mm -hmm. I would never recommend someone to open mm -hmm. an OnlyFans account. What about you, Mike? Well, I mean, to each their own. I don't recommend doing it if your passion is not it and you don't want to do it and you have a gut feeling that it doesn't make you happy, mm -hmm. then it's not right. Um, and I can see why you would be heading in that direction because it's like you have long flowy hair and you're attractive and you have model Abercrombie looks. And so it's like, it would be very easy for you to do it, but it wouldn't make you happy or satisfied. If anything, it may create more darkness in your light because you're going to maybe feel more ashamed or mm -hmm. jaded or what have you. 
But I do think I agree with Tony around developing the TikTok. Yeah. And I do think absolutely you should be speaking about all of these things. Mm. I think you should be talking about the challenges on your Instagram and your TikTok. I think unless there's some brand that prevents you from doing that, it's like if you're speaking your truth and being transparent, a lot of people relate in LA or anywhere with, I'm going to move to New York and make it right. A lot of people go there for modeling. They think because they had, you know, some modeling agency, then they get out there and they realize there's a new girl every week or every day, every hour, (laughs) you know, that new one's in from Belarus, you know, the (laughs) other one, wow, I'd never even heard of that country. And all of a sudden she's running the, you know, she's the new whatever. So I think like, you know, based upon meeting you and what you're putting out there. And I, and I have watched some of your stuff with YouTube and I know it's a lot, it's a pain in the ass and it's a narcissistic trap, you know, that you can easily get into the, the flip side though, is I do know a lot of TV shows, they look at people's social media and their influence. Mm-hmm. And so investing in that and getting people to also want you to win. Yeah. You know, like meeting you makes me want you to win. Yeah. I can't, I don't necessarily think that if I just looked at your socials. Yeah. That I would want you to win. Yeah. I'd be like, he's another good looking guy. Okay. He's gay. Uh Him and his partner are very happy. They seem to be living this life of luxury. Yeah. You know, these fabulous shoots and they're shirtless. That doesn't make me go, that guy Xander, I want him to win. You know, you're saying let people in on the struggle, let people in on your story, because that's when people want you to win. And that's when people want to work with you. Mm -hmm. And that's when you get people to care Mm -hmm. because, and I've always said this when I've worked with artists, I'm like, you got to give people a reason to care. They have to care Mm -hmm. unless you go the route of OnlyFans and superficial and fake this and fake that. Then, yeah, it doesn't matter. You don't need a story. But if you want people to care, you need a story and you should be transparent and honest. You've been honest about the challenges with coming out and being gay, but then you're not honest necessarily. You're not revealing of the realities of coming to Hollywood to make it. And literally I could see you doing this whole thing about like, I feel like I have to join OnlyFans in order to actually survive in L.A., Probably would go viral if you did that on TikTok. (laughs) And like, that's your truth. Yeah. And it makes you interesting Mm -hmm. and it's honest and you're not lying, you know? And I think if you, I don't know your time frame, but that would be one suggestion I would give you is like, be vulnerable with all that. Yeah. And I am attracted to people like that. Like, during the whole pandemic, I was like listening to Brene Brown and the courage and vulnerability and all that. Like I'm inspired by people like that. Um, but yeah, I think maybe I just got a little bit more closed off and like less willing to put that kind of stuff out there, but that's definitely something I could do. If you're willing to be in bondage and do a naked sex scene Mm -hmm. on Ray Donovan. Yeah. You could put out there what's yeah. honestly going on in your life. Like that to me seems like such a harder thing to do. 
But, but the reason it became easy for you to say yes and do that is because you work so hard yeah. trying to make it. Yeah. That it was just right away. Yeah, sure. Why not? Whereas like now I would love to see you tell your story, not like you're going to have to spend a lot of money or resources, but just purely being honest. And I have a feeling that your honesty would lead to opportunities. Like it may not get the biggest engagement, but the people who are engaging with it aren't the people who want you to go on OnlyFans. Yeah. You don't want those people anyways. Mm -hmm. They don't do anything for you. Yeah. They're just on to the next guy who's on OnlyFans. You know, like they want to, those are the people that go to like a drag show and tip a dollar. (laughs) That part. You know, they ain't buying your merch. They ain't buying anything of yours. Uh Maybe they'll buy a nice dinner and they'll let you know about it for the next year. Okay. But they ain't doing anything for you. Uh-huh. So you want to collect the people that are really rooting for you, that believe in you, and that know your story. And so if any takeaway from this and meeting you, that would be what I would highly suggest you start doing and being fearless around it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is going to give you a lot of new opportunities. Now, that's not business plan today make more money, but you're already in it. And this is a direction that you haven't leaned into. Yeah. I think, so I hear what you're saying. Definitely. That's something that I want to explore. My only like thing holding me back in my mind right now is like, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining constantly about something rather than trying to find some, you know, like humor to it. Yeah. Add some flavor. Like you don't need to be, what don't make it knowing that is a good thing yeah Yeah, so so being aware no but that's great Mm -hmm. because that's going to allow you to edit it Mm -hmm. to make sure you're never doing that yeah you can take pride and i'm never going to whine because i'm freaking blessed that i have all these opportunities but i also want to give the realities i may have to join only fans unless i figure this shit out (laughs) and that's the truth it's no one's fault Uh there is no gay brad pitt today Mm -hmm. i'm not saying like i'm not blaming anyone that's just the reality you know, I'm 30 years old. You're 30 now, right? Yeah, 31. I'm 30 years old. How old? 31, yeah. 31. I'm 31 years old. And the, and you can bring your own light to it. It doesn't need to be yeah, like, like one that. of those, like... Um, pull me, pull yeah, me. Yeah, privileged. Like, I got to go to LA. And yeah. This is so tragic. And, like you, know, I, and you have the English accent, so you got to be really careful. <laughs> 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 but like, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh-huh. But I think you do it in your own way. Mm-hmm. And like, don't you think there's a way to 100%. do it? This- yeah, 100%. I feel like it's just the work has to go into it. And yes. mind you, when you open up TikTok, which we've witnessed this, you never know what your niche is going to be mm. or what's going to do good and what's going to do bad. Don't even look at the numbers. Yeah. Just keep posting, posting, and you'll eventually see, all right, this works. This doesn't work. I'm going to lean into this. I'm not going to lean into that. Yeah. Um. So it'll it'll take some time. Like but we can even just, put one of his on my profile. Yes. Like you could do a video. I have like 350,000 followers. Teach Literally, him how to be, I don't teach even him how to be a model. Teach yeah. Mike how to be <laughs> yeah, a model. Yeah, like, or, but, but I think, um, is there any other reservation around it besides that? Like coming across whiny? No, I think that there's also like I did, I've worked on my Instagram and there's like, you know, putting yourself out there on Instagram and then having to build up another platform in somewhere that I'm not like, you know, like that might be a reservation no, as you, well. Well, the other thing with the, my suggestion is mm-hmm. no perfection on it. Yeah. 
with the TikTok, it's like, this is just your creative fun play. Mm -hmm. You're not like architecting it perfectly. Uh Let loose because it doesn't matter. That was one of the freedoms, I think, even though YouTube is like a lot of work, all the editing and stuff. I did feel like a lot less like, because it's not just a picture, you know, like with a picture, you're like, oh, that's really not the angle. There's surely a, a few other angles. Like with the video, it's like, that's how I look. That's how it's going to be. And that's not a bad thing, though. Yeah. Take it how, like, the people need to take it the way you're giving it. Exactly. That's it. And I, I think that, I think you can go. Like, what would be a video you could make that you feel is authentic that you could put out there that you haven't? Um, so another thing when I came out here, um, was one of the things that I knew was going to be like the thing that maybe held me back from getting jobs would be my voice because ever since I was younger, it was like one of the things that gave me away as a gay man. I don't even feel like you have a gay voice. Is that, I feel like you sound like all British or you kind of sound South African to me. That's so funny because a lot of people are like, I didn't know if like my friend, she jokes, I didn't know if he was gay or if he was just English, like European. So a lot of people think that, oh, Europeans, they have like a, maybe a little bit more of a softer sounding way. Um, but yeah, it was like my voice. So then I went to dialect coach to try and bring it down to sound more masculine. Um, and to also try and shorten my S's. But during in that time, I was so angry that this is what I was having to do and that no one else was going to have to do this work. It was just me. And like the very, like who I am was what was holding me back. Like the way that I had learned to talk my whole life is the thing that's going to hold me back. And then like just seeing the auditions, even when I would put in the work to try and bring the S back, not. It, Wait, so talk to me ass. like a straight English guy. What would that sound like? You're right, mate. That's how, like, yeah. They all sound like they're they're drinking and watching rugby. Yeah, less thoughtful. Um. So yeah, it was just. I think the voice thing maybe would be like a authentic way of starting off a video or something. Cause I know that a lot of gay guys, they, they think about the voice thing as well, but like doing acting and thinking like, well, I'm not going to get cast as this straight role, even though this straight actor can play a gay character and no one ever bats an eyelid about it. Maybe. I mean, I think, uh, again, like Tony was saying, it depends who you're around. Mm-hmm. Cause there are a lot of eccentric straight guys and there are a lot of gay guys that are, there's a lot of straight guys that are more flamboyant Mm -hmm. than me. Right. And it's like, there's, I think, I don't think you have to change who you are. I think if you have a certain part, you maybe would be doing some of that, but Mm -hmm. really it's about embracing yourself. You don't have to be, there's always a spot for someone when you're yourself, but as soon as you try to be someone else, it sucks yeah and and we when other people are going no you need to be more like this or you need to be more like that or you need to be more like this you know i've been doing television now for past three years i was been on probably like 40 episodes of dr phil right and i'm going on one this wednesday and i was really nervous and it was really difficult but now what i say to myself is be yourself 
Mm-hmm. You know, when I look in the mirror before and give myself a mantra, I used to be like worried about the lines and, and now I've figured out how to be myself and I get to then enjoy it. Yeah. And it's awesome. And I get to be that version of myself. And I think you've been taught for whatever re- and you, again, it's whoever you surround yourself with. And that's a detour. Mm-hmm. Anyone telling you, you have to change your voice in order to make it mm-hmm. is a detour. The arts is the most eccentric place on earth, mm-hmm. you know, where you're embraced for long S's. <laughs> you're yeah. embraced for it. People love it. People love something that's different. Yeah. And so I think that's great that you want to speak to it, speak to it, share it. Um, where can everyone follow you now so they can kind of check out your content and, um, on Instagram is my, my full name, Zander Hodgson, Z-A-N-D-E-R-H-O-D-G-S-O-N. All right. Um, and, and TikTok soon is going to be Zander Hodgson. <laughs> yes. And, uh, we're going to make a TikTok video after this and I appreciate you coming by and, uh, you're more than enough. Um. Um, you don't need to go on OnlyFans. No. I do believe if you follow this recipe that I'm suggesting, which I know I can kind of like shove it on someone, but I do feel instinctually this is something you haven't done mm-hmm. consistently. Yeah. So thanks Thank for joining you. us today. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Make sure to subscribe to this. And until next time, keep it magical. This has been a Stage 29 podcast production. The podcast is executive produced by Patty Chiano, Laferne Cusack, and Stephanie Kaysen. Our audio editors are Jackson Ruff and Jonathan DeMatty. Callie Kelts is the social media producer. And a special thanks to the rest of our podcast crew, Rwani Horinige, William Cusack, Lisa Clark, Katie Brown, and Morgan Kaler. The Always Evolving with Coach Mike Bear podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnoses, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professionals.